Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnke and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to Chris and Mari's <laughs> plant farm and how good is it to be alive? I wish I was never born. <laughs> <laughs> You've been thinking about that? I've been thinking about it a lot. I've had a lot of people reaching out to me saying uh, that A, that was very funny and B, my reaction to it was fun. And I've decided it's just going to be my catchphrase now. Yeah. If Matt's going to say, how good is it to be alive? I'm going to say, I wish I was never born. <laughs> kind of the polar opposite <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, right. It's good to have both sides of the argument That's Matt there. and I. We're yin and yang, if, you know? If people don't get the reference, it's the Qantas bomb heist episode. From a couple of weeks back now. Great episode. And uh, that moment was very funny to us. And it's, it's I guess, shaped me. Mm. So <laughs> It moved it, you, it shaped I'll forget you. forget by next week. It spoke to you. It spoke to me. Uh, hey. Dave, how does this show work? <laughs> I was going to get in there to try and get Matt to explain the show, but I'll do it. I'll step up. You Here we it. go. Yep. This week, what we're going to do is the same thing we've done every week for the last 390-something. Try to take over the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and on the way to uh, total world domination, we have researched a topic often suggested to us by one of the listeners. That's one of us has... 
gone away, done a bit of research, bring it back to the others who have no idea what it's going to be about. Matt, it is your turn to regale us with a tale from history. And we always start with a question. Do you have a question? I do have a question, yes. And uh, it's a this topic, you'll either know it or you don't. So I'm going to ask a tangential question. Um, okay. And the question is, which US state? I'm going to give you facts about this state. I'm going to, you get- We'll go guess for guess. After each clue, you each get a guess. So you got 50, 50 possibilities here. Lucky we're equally good at geography. But you're an Americanophile. I am an Americanophile. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Land of the free. I've always said that. You're on a list. <laughs> I can't be within 400 feet of an American. Yes. Uh, so Canadian, I'm coming right in. Uh, question is, which US state- Jess, you want to start off? Sure. First clue. <laughs> so there's going to be no clues if we just have a stab. <laughs> okay, yeah. First state. clue is the nickname is the Granite State. Granite State. Mm, granite is grey. Mm-hmm. What makes me think grey? Mm, good question. <laughs> Great question. I'm thinking North Dakota. Cop that North Dakota. It is not North okay, Dakota. Okay, it's not North Dakota. Okay, I'm going to go for South Dakota. It is not South Dakota. Okay, so it's back to me. All right, next Jess. Clue. Fantastic. <laughs> it got statehood in 1788, the ninth state. The ninth state. Yes. So, it's in one of the early states. Uh, and, you know, most of the early states, you know, that America sort of started mainly in the northeast and spread out from Yeah, there. that means heaps. This is really helping Jess here. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I'm thinking one of the M1s, whether it, I'm thinking Mississippi. It is not Mississippi. Oh, that, oh, that's, that's okay. I'm thinking northeast. I'm thinking my beautiful state, home of the creamy, <laughs> Vermont. It is not Vermont. Okay. The population as of oh, 2016 yeah, is cool. 1,334,795 In the state. In the state. It's a small state. Small state. There you go. That's a good clue there. Can I look at a map? Uh, sure. <laughs> Can I know the answer? <laughs> I mean- this that- game okay. is to shit. Okay, no, Dave's correct. I don't- He's put his foot down there. <laughs> I don't know if population is going to help me all that much. So it's, a, it's a small state. It's obviously not New York. Yeah. But it's- You want to have a stab? Is it? I don't know. Dave? Are you passing? Passing. Yeah, pass. All right. If you pass, you can pull up a map. All right, Dave? Yes. Maryland? It's not Maryland. Okay, great. All right. Fourth clue. Its capital city is Concord. Oh. Don't- You can't look that up. I mean, that will be on the map. <laughs> is it New Hampshire? But I didn't look that up. I looked up Ninth State. <laughs> That's not looking up the map. It is New Hampshire. Hooray! I feel like they've been ripped off a little bit there, but fair enough. Uh, The further clues were Bigger City Manchester, abbreviation NH. Yeah, I might have got it then, but I was not going to get it sooner than that. No, this one would have given away. State Bird, Purple Finch. Oh, New Hampshire. Oh, the the New Hampshire Purple Finch. Yeah. State Flower, Purple Lilac. Okay, I love purple. Love that. Uh, So, this topic was suggested by Andy Johnson from The Wirral. In UK. Okay. The Wirral. The Wirral. Remember we had, we once had Worrell from Wirral and I laughed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this week's episode is about one of the most polarising bands of all time. New Hampshire's own, The Shags. <laughs> you familiar with The Shags? I don't know The Shags. The Shags. The Shags. Well, I hadn't heard of The Shags either. Oh, okay. Just, no. But I don't they're know polarising. Polarising. That's fun. Interesting band. Very interesting okay. band. Okay. wonder why. Is it musical? Is it their history? Is we'll it find their out. outfits? Yeah. <laughs> is it that after every show, which is great because they're great musicians, they punch a dog? 
Oh, wow. <laughs> one each? No, just one dog per show. But is it like how many members in the show? Three members. But they Three. take turns. Oh, that's awful. But no, sometimes no, like the dog only play. gets punched once. Okay. Well, the live band did have up to you know, five or so members as well. So, But again, but the dog only gets punched once. Right. They take it in turns. Or is okay. it? Yeah. That's just a, uh, I've, that's a theory I have. Okay. I'm not saying that's true. Polarizing, because some people love that. <laughs> <laughs> but plenty don't. Plenty are like, oh, I don't think that's good, you know? Mm-hmm. They're really passionate I like that. I know that. According to Susan Orlean, writing for The New Yorker, this is like, this is one of the, it's a big in-depth article and it's what everyone quotes when they're talking about mm. this band. Sort of the definitive history of the shags. <laughs> Uh, but according to Orlean, depending on whom you ask, the Shags were either the best band of all time or the worst. Wow. That is quite polarizing. Yes. You are. Yes, that's a real spectrum. I don't think I'd say of many bands, they were the best band of all time. You know what I mean? That's but wh- extreme. But- I imagine just one band. <laughs> but what would you say is the worst band of all time? Um, Weed Hornet. Oh. oh. Well, that's polarizing because I think they're the best band of all time. <laughs> They're my favourite band named after a whippersnapper. <laughs> uh, apparently, Frank Zappa and Kurt Cobain were fans, but then Orlean quotes a music fan who claimed to be in the fetal position, writhing in pain, what? saying the shags were hauntingly bad and added, I would walk across the desert while eating charcoal briquettes soaked in Tabasco for 40 days and 40 nights not to ever have heard or listened to anything shag related ever again. That's pretty extreme, mm. especially because, like, if you're at a gig and you're not enjoying it, you can leave. Mm. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know you, why. There's no scenario where you're going to have to. You, if you're at a point where you're ready to get into the fetal position, just go home. Yeah. What are you doing? I'll just flick no, off the radio. No, I'm going to walk through the desert <laughs> for 40 days and 40 nights. Went with very biblical uh, yeah. imagery there. Well, then well. updated it with, a, was it a brick covered in a Tabasco? Briquette, you know, like little barbecue fire oh, starter yeah. type things. Right after small bricks. Oh, no, that's a good point. Charcoal briquettes. No, yeah, I think that's, for, yeah. that's for starting a fire. I thought it was a charcoal-covered small brick. <laughs> Based in Tabasco. This is that's good eating. Dave the handyman over here. <laughs> Dave's getting hungry. <laughs> it's lunchtime. Uh, so, what's their story, you might be wondering? I am. Uh, me too. What's their sound? Who are they? Well, let me tell you about it. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. The Shags were formed in Fremont, New Hampshire, a small town with a population of around 5,000 people today. Though back in the 60s when they were formed, it was less than 1,000, 800 odd. It sounds like an unlikely town for such an infamous band to come from. According to Orlean, Fremont, New Hampshire is a town that has missed out on most everything. Route 125, the main highway bisecting New Hampshire, just misses the east side of Fremont. Route 101 just misses the north. <laughs> the town is neither in the mountains nor on the ocean. It is not quite in the thick of Boston's outskirts, nor is it quite cosseted in the woods. Fremont is a drowsy, trim, unfancy place, rimmed by the Exeter River. Lucky it. But it- um, <laughs> But it- But basically, she's saying that it's just like- it's it's sort of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, there's no defining it, features. No, you don't pass through it. Yeah, because you don't have to. Like, yeah. So the big highways bypass it. Yep. So it's just sort of out of place, out of time almost. But it's interesting. So even though it's not in Massachusetts, it's quite close. Its closest big city is Boston. Mm. 
Um, it's almost like an outer, so it's like half an hour or something from there, I think. Oh, wow. Orlean also notes that apart from the Shags, the town is only known for being the hometown of the eminent but obscure 1920s meteorologist Herbert Brown. You familiar with his work? Love Brown's work. <laughs> Brown's Comet. Uh, <laughs> he does weather. Realise it's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> Brown's Comet. <laughs> That's what he called the rain. <laughs> oh, a lot of Brown's comets falling today. Well, this isn't catching on. Okay. That's what he calls poop. <laughs> the other the other thing that it's known for is being the first place a B-52 ever crashed without killing anyone. <laughs> That's on the billboard. <laughs> That's on the billboard. Wow. Driving into town. Home of the first crash of the B-52 in brackets where no one died. That's good. That's nice. The more stipulations you have to have on a first, yeah. The, yeah, the better. the better. Where no one died who was wearing a three-piece suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the 60s, the main jobs in Fremont were raising dairy cows, working at the Exeter Textile Mill, or barrel building. Uh, they went to church and mostly lived quiet lives. In his book, History of Fremont, Matthew Thomas wrote, and Matthew Thomas is a, a local, grew up uh, his whole life there, and he's sort of the town's historian, so he wrote a, a book about it, saying, There may have been some nice, pleasant times, but for the most part, death, sickness, disease, accidents, bad weather, Brown's comments, <laughs> loneliness, strenuous hard work, insect-infested foods, prowling predatory animals, and countless inconveniences mark day-to-day existence. Oh, my God. He lived there his whole life. Gets <laughs> out. There's <laughs> two highways really close. <laughs> And he's like, there might have been good times. I certainly haven't experienced them, but I'm just, you know, I'm being, I'm trying to be impartial as a journalist, but um, it's mostly dog shit. It's the worst. It's awful. I hate this place. I've Matt, written a book about you it. You could literally walk to Boston. Yeah, just leave. It's you don't have to, to stay there. You don't yeah, have to stay in the town you were born in if you don't like it. But I think, yeah, sometimes I imagine he'd probably be like, if you went there and said the same thing, he'd be like, how dare you? 100%. This yeah. is my town. It's like, it's like, we uh, talk about that. Yeah, I can say anything to my brother. <laughs> I'll call him every name under the sun. You look at him wrong, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, remember that time I called him a pastry puff? Yeah. <laughs> you you were in hospital. Me in the face. You were in hospital. You punched me in the face. I did. Bob. You deserved it. <laughs> my brother is no pastry puff. <laughs> Unless I say it, then it's very funny. I misspoke. <laughs> I meant to say, pass me a pastry puff. Nah, you got a punch in was the face. Before I could qualify, <laughs> you got a punch I was in, in hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when Orlean asked Thomas what it had been like growing up there, he said it was nice, but that he had been bored stiff. For entertainment, there were square dances, sledding, an annual carnival, and a barbershop and pool room. Oh. I think when a barbershop and pool room makes the list, it might be a pretty yeah. dull place. Oh, gosh, I'm so bored. Might get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing to do in this town. What do you mean? Go get your hair cut. Yeah, I just your got my hair cut yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I could use a trim. Go get a sick fade. You look great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the square dancing sounds fun. Sledding. That's fun. That's, That's fun. seasonal, though. An annual carnival. Yeah. This sounds again, like a, you know, a one, festival town. One time a year, it's fun. Pool yeah. hall. Come on. A hall full of pools. Sounds fantastic. That's the best. Uh, so, amongst all this, how did the Shags form? And this best or worst band of all time has come out of this town. Well, it's one of the less conventional band origin stories I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm so excited. You have to go back a few decades before their formation for the beginning of this story. Oh, we're really going back. To a young boy named Austin Wigan Jr. Fantastic name. 
Austin Wiggin Jr. Yeah. Where was the- <laughs> I wonder if- if only Austin Wiggin was from the Wirral. <laughs> Wiggin from Wirral. Orge. That's what I'm going to call him. <laughs> AWJ. Oh, Orge. Gotcha. Keep up, boys. You're gorge. Nah, he's not the best. Um, oh, no. <laughs> anyway, so young Wiggin's mother was a bit of a fortune teller, and one day she read his palm. According to Tom Taylor, writing for Fire Out magazine, she said to her son something akin to the following, You will grow up and marry a wife with strawberry blonde hair. You will have two sons with her, who I will not live to see. Then you will have some daughters, and these daughters will go on to form the greatest music group in the world. Okay. I f- that feels like more, less of a prediction from a mother and more of like a command. <laughs> yeah. Find this woman, marry her, two sons only, then three daughters, then great band. Yes. So, like, I think you go, he can, he's got control of that. Even if she just put the idea in his mind, subtly, he, he meets a strawberry bond person, maybe thinks is, the back of his mind, is this it. is fate. Yeah, this is her. But that suggestion can't control the sex of the babies he has. Not with that attitude. <laughs> well, maybe it can. Have, I'm not a scientist. Have a bite of lemon. Say. Oh, does that help? Yeah. Uh, stand on your head. Yep. For a boy. Yes. Stand on your feet for a girl. That's right. That's why there's so many girls in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, this was when he was still very young, kind of put it in the back of his mind and moved on with his life. Taylor continues. He was a conservative man with not much of an interest in anything but getting by, least of all music. He lived a quiet existence and kept himself to himself. Then one day, he met a woman with strawberry blonde hair. Her name was Annie. And the two got on quite well and ended up getting married. No. Wow. This ticked off the first part of the Wigan prophecy. <laughs> then Mother Wigan passed away, which she also obviously predicted. <laughs> I told you I would die one day. <laughs> wow. She's good. And this happened just before <gasps> Annie gave birth. <gasps> okay. To? A son. Oh, no. my God. What are the chances? I believe it's 50, 50, 50, 50, 51, 49, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> But the second kid, okay, again a son. What oh, are the chances? My Sk- remains fifty fifty. Freaking god! But to have two, I think that is less than fifty fifty. It's getting less likely each time. Oh, I think isn't it just the same every time you have a new child? It's the same every Resets. time, but from the start, to have two sons is lower than fifty fifty. Okay, to have two sons, you're the maths guy. Am I wrong? <laughs> I think it's less. You're less likely to have two sons than you are to have one son. <laughs> like it's more likely you'll have a boy and a girl than you'll have two boys or two girls, right? It's like you know when you do the heads or tails thing at mm. your trivia nights. What's yep. the most likely one to come up when you flip two coins? One heads, one tails, right? Isn't there like some? It depends on the coin with the, sl- the slight weighting. If you flipped it one million times, then they don't weigh exactly oh, the same. Wow. So we have to find out Annie's weighting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, I got the two sons. Two sons. So, the only thing now that needed to happen uh, for the prophecy to come true was for them to have multiple girls mm-hmm. and, and those girls to form a band. The greatest yeah, band, band of all time. The band of all time. <laughs> so, probably the easy bit's been done. Would you say that that's 50 That's 50? about 50-50, yeah. 50, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they had three daughters, <gasps> Dot, Betty, and Helen, and Rachel after that as well. But who, like, obviously we don't give a shit about Rachel. Rachel played bass a little bit. Okay. But, <laughs> but the bad. core of the band was Dot, Betty and Helen. Two That's- guitarists and a drummer. Oh, give Rachel a tambourine and be done with it. <laughs> Honestly, Rachel, you were a mistake. 
Okay. You've got no rhythm. <laughs> Your mother and I had had a fight and and we made up and unfortunately you were the result of that. <laughs> we made you. And you were not part of the prophecy, <laughs> but your sisters seem okay with you hanging around. But just know, nobody we- cares about the bass player. <laughs> I really wish there was a like there was more specific on the number of daughters. Yeah. Well, some daughters. Yeah, yeah. You've left yourself a bit of wiggle yeah. room there, haven't you, Mama Wigan? <laughs> bit of wiggin room, <laughs> as she might say. <laughs> like wiggle room. <laughs> That's fun. As Taylor writes, Austin Wigan Jr.'s life may have been beige on the surface, but the one Achilles heel to his humble normality was a profound belief in superstition. After all, if everything his mother had predicted to this point came true, then why not the grand payoff? <laughs> <laughs> like you said, the hard part's been done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're cruising to the finish line oh, from here. Right. I'm just going to quit my job. Giving these kids a couple of instruments. Now sit back and wait. A few months of piano lessons each. We're good to go. Okay, if you do know the story. <laughs> <laughs> As Orlean wrote, it was left to Austin to fulfil the last of his mother's predictions. And when his daughters were old enough, he told them that they would be taking voice and music lessons okay. and forming a band. There was no debate. His word was law and his mother's prophecies were gospel. But as Taylor writes... The issue was that Simple Chance had borne out the auguries so far, but it takes more than that to form the world's greatest band. Thus, what followed was a farcical folly of misguided mindset in every which way. Austin pulled his daughters out of school for reasons unclear to even those involved. He bestowed them with out-of-tune instruments and arranged fleeting vocal and music lessons with what little change he could spare. If if they're guaranteed to be the greatest band in the world, you don't really have to put much effort. You don't need to bother tuning the instruments. You can yeah. give them any you can give them a, a guitar with no strings and they'll still somehow find a way. Yeah. yeah. I mean you wouldn't even have Who to cares? give them a guitar. No. They'd probably they just walk home one day and find a guitar. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting Taylor here says that no one really knows why he pulled them out of school. But it sounds like it was because there was no high school in the town. They had to catch a bus to another town. He's like, that commute time could be yeah, that's band practice time. time. Yeah. So instead, he- You don't need to learn to read other than music. Other than music, which I don't know how to teach. (laughs) (laughs) But you know that already, right? I have no interest in music. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot carry a tune. That's your thing. Yeah. We don't either. (laughs) I'm not big on music. No, no, no. You are. You love it. You love it. I detest music. (laughs) You're good. It's your thing. (laughs) They did like- They liked music apparently, but they had no interest in pursuing music. They like listening to pop radio basically. And what sort of age group are they when they're forced together in this band of the young- Teenagers. Yeah, yeah, right. Wow. Uh, a few sucks years to, apart. Sucks to be the older brothers. <laughs> it was just ignored. They ended up on tambourines and stuff at some of the live wow. shows. <laughs> Orlean says they were shy, small-town teenagers who dreamed of growing up and getting married, having children, maybe becoming secretaries someday. But Austin pushed the girls into a new life, and he named them the Shags. <laughs> the Shag. That's the dad's name. The dad's named them that. The Shags. The Shags. The Shags. Why? Well, according to Erwin Chusid in his book Songs in the Key of Zed, <laughs> The Curious Universe of Outsider Music, the first chapter's all dedicated to the Shags. That's Songs great. in the Key of Zed. <laughs> yeah. love, love that. Oh, uh, well, probably. Key of Z. C- key of Z. Oh, yeah, that sounds way better. Sounds way better. My favourite band, ZZ Top. <laughs> 
I love JZ. Love that JZ, fantastic artist. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. I don't know what it is. You've been saying fantastic a lot lately. Oh, yeah. And I love it's, it. Yeah, it's great. Because you say it like, oh, fantastic. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> I think that's a Sam Petersonism. Derek? Is it? He does say fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yep. I have been hanging out with a great man a lot lately. He's really rubbing off on me in a very positive way. Yeah. <laughs> Love that guy. He's rubbing off on me in a real fantastic way. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. anyway, Chusid, uh, in his book, The Key of Zed, wrote, The name shags devised by their father referred to both shaggy dogs and the then popular shag haircut. <laughs> It was a twofer. Much like the Beatles, it had two meanings. Two meanings. Shaggy dogs, which are cool. Shaggy haircuts, which are cool. <laughs> Apparently, when the beat the Beatles um, hit America in the mid-60s, blew up, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, they're big now. But obviously- Just wait. Just wait for the shag. But he was sort of inspired. He's like, yeah, we're going to do what they're doing, basically, only bigger. <laughs> Wild. We're going to be twice as big as Jesus, okay? <laughs> Two times. They So, the girls like listening to the music on the radio, but they'd never attended a concert. They'd never seen live music. Uh, Dot later said, our father didn't believe in them. Not for us to go to anyway. Just for us to all of a sudden perform it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, why would you go to a concert where you could sell out your own Madison Square Garden concert? Yeah. You that's know, amazing. Why pay to go to a exactly. concert when we could be making exactly. millions? Oh, the confidence of this man. You don't do your job when you're off the clock. Mm. So, well, did yeah, you go? that's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But the, I can sort of say it. he's a superstitious guy. Mm. These, like, you would just be like, holy shit, these things are all happening mm. as mum said. So, I guess this is, if you believe in it, yeah, you yeah, believe yeah. in it. Yep. It's all lining up. But it's just funny to sort of, yeah, you- to just believe that it'll just happen. Mm. Like, he's not really put- making the right steps no. to make it happen. It's yeah. very funny to be like, well, this will just come naturally to you. Because he's and got that's blind- not what That's not what mum said. No. She wasn't like, they'll all be musical prodigies. Yeah. They're just going to be a big bet. So, you need to- sh- They need to see what a gig is. Yeah. They he's need to learn faith. an instrument. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. He's he's uh, he's filled in some gaps on his mum's prophecy of like they'll just be prodigies and they'll figure it out. Yeah. It'll be amazing. We'll just start at the top, yeah, and we'll work our way up from there. Yeah, we'll create a new top. <laughs> yeah, a ZZ top. <laughs> so yeah, he was homeschooling him and he was making him practice mainly music all day. So much so that they found it a real grind. Mm. Where it was wasn't really fun. Fingers are bleeding on the recorder. It was never particularly positive about the way they were playing, mm. even though he had no interest in music. Yeah, this all sounds terrible to me. Yes, but so do the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea. But yeah, he he. It doesn't sound like he was a good dad, obviously. So yeah, they rehearse in the morning, the afternoon, then after dinner. He also made him do calisthenics for some reason, which I'm not even <laughs> fully sure what that up. is. That's a cardio thing. Beyonce yeah. rehearses on a treadmill. Well, there you go. Yeah, you got to keep that cardio up. She probably follows the Wiggins yeah. <laughs> route to success. Because <laughs> yeah. you know how like how active they are and they're dancing on the stage and stuff. You got to be able to still hit those high notes. Nobody wants to go to a concert of the best band in the world and hear them going. <laughs> You know, so your cardio fitness has right. to be through but, the roof. So they very important. I wheeled onto stage on treadmills. That's right, and then they just start strumming. That's right. Maybe I'll do a comedy festival show on a treadmill. <laughs> you know, like a guy, I saw what, someone do that a couple of years ago. Yes, the the guy that he won the the best comedy at Edinburgh. 
Did a show on a treadmill. Yeah. With the Perrier Award. And it was, yeah, it was like, it was quite a, a dark sort Very of show. Cool. I think it's got Monkey See, Monkey Do was the name of the show. Oh, wow. Yeah, he did the whole thing on the, on the, on the treadmill. Okay. Never sorry, mind. Jess. What sorry. about on an exercise bike? <laughs> no one's done it. Yes. I think, and I'm pretty sure ATB, I said Trombo Birchall was, uh, had a similar idea. And then it got like around that time, it's like- Oh, you're kidding. God damn. Who would have thought that would <laughs> be? Someone Rich- beat me to the treadmill. Richard Gadd was the name. Oh, that's right. Ah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Okay. But maybe I could get sponsorship from Peloton. <laughs> get a Peloton and do it on a Peloton. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Get Peloton involved. Perfect. I love maybe this have a, a Mr. Big, uh, you know, life-size <laughs> doll. <laughs> Could be somehow built into the show. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I was I've just looked this up, uh, Rich, you know, to find it. I wrote Monkey See Monkey Do Comedy Festival. And the first thing that comes up is a review from The Age. Keeping in mind, this show won Best Comedy at the Edinburgh Festival, biggest uh, comedy festival in the world. Yep. Two stars. Incredible <laughs> Really? Stuff. Incredible So, stuff. would you say that's a polarising show? Oh, yeah. yeah I guess so. <laughs> Amazing. And Reviews. a bit of the shags oh. about it. It's so funny. Like, when, when a review is for your show, it means everything. <laughs> um, and you take it very seriously. But but other than that, you're like, oh, this is all it's dumb. Yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> it doesn't some, matter. This makes you laugh. Some stupid person's opinion about one night and they're very spe- specific tastes. Yeah. I do. I reckon some are better than others. Of some course. reviewers. And I- there are some that I, of mine that I read and I go, I, I can, there's things to learn from this. Yeah. But there's others that are like. Oh, you just didn't. You're like, oh, you didn't, you. you didn't understand this at all. My favourite is when they're in a room of an audience who are loving it. Yeah, yeah. The audience is having a great time. They're laughing. They're whooping. It gets a standing ovation. And the reviewer's like, mm, not very good. I didn't get it. Yeah. And it's like, that's, yep. Mm-hmm. And they even, they have the sort of. Um, the blind spot of of saying it, not real. Even yeah. as they're writing out, everyone seemed to be loving it. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, I mean, it's a comedy show. Yeah, people were, are laughing. That's got to be one it. of the the key um <laughs> the, the key aims of it. It's one of the KPIs for yeah. sure. Yeah. Absolutely, one of the KPIs. <laughs> Thanks for putting it in language that I can understand. That's right. Yeah. Real business as a you. as an accountant. That's right. <laughs> uh, unpracticing <laughs> and unqualified. <laughs> Did it in uh, VCE though? Was uh, four hundred years ago. One of those. Congratulations. Uh, top of my class, but uh, had yeah. abacuses back then. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> they weren't quite around. Yet, but <laughs> anyway, everything sorry. was. If it, if it wasn't counting up to ten, we didn't do it. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. We do to it there. I'm sorry, Maddie. It was before toes. Um, <laughs> so before toes. That was yeah. I grew up pre toes. Wow. So, yeah, so he's homeschooling them. He's working them to the bone, making them practice all day and night. They hated it. He was quite cruel about it, according to Orlean. One song in particular, Philosophy of the World, he claimed they never play right and he would insist on hearing it again and again. This is a guy who doesn't have an interest in music, didn't write the song, dot wrote it, but he's saying you're doing, you're doing it, it wrong. wrong. <laughs> I don't really like music. I don't get music, but you're not playing this right. You're not playing your song right. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> that is good. But, but, that. The, but the daughters would also say, yeah, they they would agree they're not they're not the best. They're not they don't think they're a great band or anything. They're pretty aware of what's going on, but he's a bit deluded about it all because right. of the prophecy. Yeah. But they, they're not all in on the prophecy. They no. don't think it's just going to happen. Yeah, they're yeah, a bit that's like, right. what are we doing, they're Dad? like, Dad's a bit of a kook. Yeah. <laughs> but they're also, they lived a quite a sheltered life because he's taken them out of school. Yeah. 
Apparently they were already kind of outsiders when they were in school and now they're fully sheltered from the town. Just mm. because they're wearing head-to-toe merch for the band that didn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, the shags. Shags. So, uh, Orlean continues, the shags were not leading rock and roll lives. Austin forbade the girls to date before they were 18 and discouraged most other friendships. They hadn't been popular kids anyway, but being in the band and being homeschooled set them apart even more. Friday nights, the family went out to do grocery shopping. On Sundays, they went to church and the girls practiced when they got home. Their world was even smaller than the small town of Fremont. Wow. So, they- Yeah. They really only had each other. Like, just the fact that it's noted that they went out on Fridays to go shopping. Yeah. That's one of their weekly excursions. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's an exciting event. Grocery Mm. shopping and church and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, what a nightmare. That's how how you um, get inspired to make art. I don't even grocery shop anymore. Yeah. Get that shit delivered. You live- Your world is even smaller than the small world inside the small world of Fremont. Yeah, that's right. You don't even leave your house. I don't. (laughs) Thanks so much for zooming in today. (laughs) We're in my house right now. (laughs) My house is so big. Yeah. Sometimes I have to get in a car and drive 30 to 40 minutes to get- The world is my house. To another part of my house. (laughs) Melbourne is my house. So, it was the mid-60s, rock and roll and popular culture was becoming rebellious. Though Orlean writes, in Fremont, Dot Wigan was writing tributes to her mum and dad with songs like, Who Are Parents? With <laughs> lyrics like, Parents are the ones who really care. Who are parents? Parents are the ones who are always there. Great stuff. This is Some nice. kids think their parents are cruel just because they want them to obey certain rules. Parents do understand. Parents do care. <laughs> That's one of their songs. That's actually oh. really nice. Yeah. It's one of those songs that I think, like, you're listening to it and it sort of doesn't matter. Like, Dave and I could be listening to it, right? And Dave and I could be going through really different things in our lives. Mm. But both of us take something very different away yes. from it. Mm. And I think that's the real power mm. of music But at the same art. time, it's universal. Yes. Isn't that- And that's that's tricky. Yeah, to do everything all at once. Oh, Yeah. That's beautiful. Wow. That sounds like a mega hit to me. Yeah. How many I'm, streams on Spotify? I think I'm on camp best band in the world. <laughs> yeah, currently. so far. Me yeah. too. Mm. And you, well, I think I'm, I'm in there too somewhere. So they played their first public show in 1968. It was a talent show and the band did not think they were ready. They're like, dad, we're not ready to play publicly. Please don't make us play publicly. How long have they been a band for? About three years, I think they've been sort of- Still not ready for a show. Well, and they've only ever been to a supermarket or church. They've never even seen a band play. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. They've only ever heard Cole's radio. (laughs) And it's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Like, it slaps. I love when you're cruising down, you're like, oh, Fleetwood Mac, yes, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that could be my next career- Step, I think. DJing Pro- Coles Radio. I hope so. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. You know, Mr. Bombastic comes on. Yes. Yeah. Does, there, does someone back announce tracks in Coles? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, I must zone out when I go there. I thought it was just, this is Coles Radio. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you actually hear- <laughs> They're doing that live every time. <laughs> in every shop. I mean, they're not doing talk back, you know. Okay. There's no text in or anything, oh. but- um, And I'm sure they probably say fun stuff about- specials at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Remember to scan your flybys card at <laughs> checkout. Okay, on to Cindy Lauper. <sighs> Great. On Coles Radio. Grab a, a reusable that. bag. Yeah. They won't cost the earth. That was what our when I used to work at a supermarket, our trolley full time trolley man, he would just he took it on himself to really this is years ago obviously. That was just a pretty new thing. The re, it was 
hard, going hard on, let's stop using the plastic bags. Mm. But he had he came up with all these catchphrases. It was sick. And he, and he just go, he'd just go grab the the PA sporadically and plug the bags. Love that. Just pushing, he, pushing his commie agenda. <laughs> <I> love- <laughs> but it was. <laughs> It was so, it was, yeah, it was the best. That is, uh, yeah, just, just freestyle yeah, like, on the mic. He's just like, oh, yeah. And he's the trolley guy. He's the trolley guy. And he's like, I'll, I'll take I got this. this. I'll take in this a lot place. of ways, that was not in his job description. Oh, uh, yeah. But I, I like that he took it on Good himself. On him. I love that. He was a real company man. That's the Woolies hot man. Yeah. Good on him. Uh, he taught me everything I knew. So, I worked, yeah, I sort of- um, Worked with my first week with him. He taught me the the ways of the trolleys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, probably be one of the he best. Sort of like his ear, trolley man. He put his ear to it, started rubbing it, saying, "If you listen, you can hear him purr." Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was one of the best jobs you ever had. That is offensive to say to us, your colleagues. Well, no, current <laughs> uh, the current like I think pre now that was probably my favorite job. Okay, I've ever great. Had. I'll accept that. But obviously, I feel fun. like it's daylight second, of course, mm. working with you two. Oh, my God. <laughs> a dream. A dream, dream come true. God, we're great. So, first ever gig. I was told in a prophecy to me once. <laughs> <laughs> What's have, a podcast? They, they That's haven't I been born yet. <laughs> 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 Your co-hosts have not been born yet, to, and they won't be for quite some time. have to recruit two younglings. <laughs> Take them under your wing. That's right. Matthew. Grab them from their parents' house when they're a baby. <laughs> Put them in front of a microphone. They'll know what to do. <laughs> see, see, officer, it's not weird. <laughs> They're podcasting prodigies. Yes. The prophecy said they'd be prodigies. <laughs> We've been doing this, you know, from a very young age. Mm. What were we, 25 when we started God, this podcast? That's young. That's young. That is so young. That's teeny. We're babies. Mm, Nobody, yeah. I can't think of anybody who's done a podcast younger than that. No. no we were but little children. Tiny yeah. little children. Yeah, your parents were pretty full on when I snatched you too. <laughs> They said, thank you. Get her the fuck thank out of this house. You. Can you get her to move out too? She's Jesus 25. <laughs> anyway, so they're playing their first public first, show. First thing, they're not ready for it. They're saying we're not ready. Yeah. And it's a competition. It's a competition. It's a talent competition. <laughs> According to Orlean, I don't know how well you think it might have gone. Any guesses? First place and second place. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think they were uh, were disqualified. Okay, for being too good. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) According to Orlean, the girls could barely play their instruments. They've been together for three years. Yeah, but they've never actually had a lesson. Fair enough. And there's not YouTube back then. They had a few lessons, but yeah. They're so sporadic. And they were also like, the family were very poor Mm. and the dad put all the money he could into the instruments and a few lessons. But yeah, they just couldn't afford uh, many lessons at all. No one taught them how to open the guitar case. Mm. <laughs> they just had them on stage sort of banging them. Yeah, they <laughs> like a drum. I thought they were percussion. <laughs> no one's shown us how to open I this. I don't know. So, uh, they opened with a cover of a country song called Wheels. When they did that, people in the audience threw soda cans at them and jeered. No, they're teenagers? Teenage girls on stage at this tiny town. Everyone would know everyone there. Isn't that- Outrageous. And they don't want to hear a country song? But also it's like, oh, they're having a go and they're not doing a great job at this talent competition. Isn't that the wildest throw thing? throw stuff at them. Unbelievable. Apparently the girls were mortified, but Austin told them they just had to go home and practice more. I don't- Okay. Yep. This happened at all of the Beatles' early concerts. This is a good sign. This is, what, this <laughs> this is, is a the natural sign. step. And look, it's not bad advice from a parent to be like, hey, you know- Disappointments happen. We pick ourselves up. We keep yep. going. But also, they don't know how to play their instruments. Mm. You gotta, yeah, practice. You gotta 
practice well. Perfect Just practice figure it makes out. whatever that saying is. Mm. <laughs> uh, that Halloween, they played at a local nursing home. Oh God! Were, how many <laughs> fatalities happy, were there? Happy Halloween! <laughs> <laughs> their set featured one of their originals, a song by Dot called "It's Halloween." Pretty appropriate. Great. Uh, as right, an improvement from their debut show, they received a polite response. <laughs> no one, no, okay. no, none of the elders threw things Only a few cans were thrown. So we're on the, well, the, the oldies can't throw the cans exactly. that far. If they yeah. could have, they would have. Oh, 100%. An old man did die in the audience, mm. but- um, He was like, thank goodness for that. <laughs> I feel my heart stopping. <laughs> Great timing, heart. Hero. Yeah. <laughs> a very polarizing band. Some people would throw things at them. Some people would sit- Politely, mm. you know, mm-hmm. both ends of the spectrum. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, after this, Austin got them a Saturday night residency at the <laughs> Fremont Town Hall. They played every Saturday night for years from then on. And the Town Hall wanted the band that had, like, caused a riot, basically, had people throw cans at them? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's town- they're, Are they the only band in town? There's only- Basically, people and there. people would turn up and they'd- and they dance, even though the music was a bit weird and they'd sort of just dance strange. Someone who went there a while later was like, <laughs> it was like they were the crowd were zombies. You know, they were just sort of dancing in this weird zombified state. It was really odd, apparently. Uh, according to Chusid, Austin, as quality control chief, was on hand for every performance. He strutted the corridors of the town hall and surveyed the musical proceedings from the dance floor, wearing a homemade pin that read Shag Manager, which is not even the name of the band. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing in that bathroom? I'm in control of this. Uh, according to Orlean, the whole family took part in the town hall shows. Austin the third, the eldest son, Austin III. played the maracas. The other son, Robert, played the tambourine. Jess, okay, you were great. keen on that. Jess got canned for the brother. But Robert also did, did a drum solo during intermission. And he's, I guess, he's the, the, the less good drummer. For how long? <laughs> Long it's intermission. during intermission. Hey guys, if you just want to grab a drink, use the bathroom, we'll be back in about 25. Take it away. Like a full John Bonham 30 minute drum solo with a guy who can't play. Incredible. I'm assuming he can't play. Maybe he can play really good, but in the prophecy it said daughters, not sons. That's right. Every week he's like, hopefully dad will notice that I know what I'm doing. Austin the Third is a great drummer and Robert has the voice of an angel, (laughs) but he's like, no, 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 my daughters. Prophecy is the prophecy. Uh, Even though, according to one town hall regular, most people found the Shag's music painful and torturous, (laughs) sometimes as many as 100 kids showed up at the dances, practically the whole adolescent population of Fremont. There well, there re- was nothing else to do. Exactly. There wasn't anything else to do. The audience danced and chatted, heckled the band, pelted the girls with junk, ignored them, grudgingly appreciated them and mocked them. They got a bit of everything. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. That's yeah. a nightmare. Remember the report I did about the-, the Cherry um, sisters? Yeah, the I've cherry- been t- I was thinking about that as well. Yeah. Uh, th- when again, people would go was- along, that's part of the-, the- uh, quotation marks, fun was mm. to They were mock terrible, them. yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I feel so bad for these people. Yes. I don't. It's a bit funny. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the drum solo <laughs> It's the loudest instrument yeah. you can do. It's not like- he'll Do tink- a maracas yeah, solo. He'll, t- he'll tinkle the ivories with a bit of, uh, you know, uh, lounge music. Yeah. And he's hitting the shit out of a drum kit. <laughs> So good. And don't forget, don't feel too sorry for him. Remember, it's one of Kurt Cobain's favourite ever bands. Yeah. 
uh, and Frank Zappa loved them. Like, they have big fans as well. Okay. That, you know, that happens in, in a little bit of time. Not that, you know, anyway. Uh, so, Austin, despite all this, the really quite negative responses they're getting regularly, and you can only imagine what that would do for your self-esteem fronting mm. it. Like, imagine going into that. I As guess you become numb to it. Every Saturday night. But, geez, yeah, yeah, brutal. Uh, Austin still believed his daughters were on track to become the greatest band of all time. <laughs> he had a little graph. Yep. yep. What about here? Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> At the top. The, yeah, yeah, great. Fantastic. He had a trend s- up from here. successometer. <laughs> yeah. He was filling up. Great, you're already 100 out of 100 as far as I'm concerned. Perfect. Well uh, he didn't have much money, but what he did have, he spent on the band. He got a camera and filmed the town hall shows, all in the hope of finding them a larger audience. Things weren't moving as fast as he was hoping, though. So, the next obvious step, of course, yep. was to record an album. Yes. Of course. Uh-huh. I was uh, thinking, when are they going to record an album? That seems like the, the obvious thing you'd do. When yes. will they record their first hit record? <laughs> but, of course, recording an album would be expensive. And according to Taylor, he pawned possessions, worked night and day, and saved every penny he could to ensure that their debut album, Philosophy of the World, would come to fruition. Wow, the song that he was criticising yeah. for playing is the title track. Wow, that's he, I think he sees it as the, the you know, magnum opus sort of a, that phrase. Is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the house pilfered of worth, his three faded daughters were set for the studio. Just imagine their house. They go home like, where's the couch? That's gone into the, stu- <laughs> the studio we fund. We're out of beds. Studio fund. Also sold that to the recording studio. They go there and the guy's like, this is awesome. Thanks for this couch and these beds. <laughs> yeah, they, they're using it for like sound <laughs> insulation. Uh, according to Orlean, in March 1969, he took the girls to Fleetwood Studios to make a record. According to the magazine Cool and Strange Music, <laughs> the studio engineer listened to the Shags rehearse and suggested that they weren't quite ready to record. Sort of politely saying, maybe, you know, don't don't spend the money now. Yeah. Keep practicing, come back. But Austin insisted on going forward, oh reportedly telling the engineer, quote, I want to get them while they're hot. <laughs> don't say that about your kids. <laughs> uh, the, but the, the sound engineer, who hears a lot of music mm. um, and, and could just take your money, Yes, could just take your money. Um, is is trying to say they're not they're not hot. They're they're cold. The problem is, I think when you're like, you don't get it. This is the thing that's going to change everything. Yeah, you probably you're. It sounds like it's not right to you. Yeah, but that's because this is a brand new thing. Yeah, you know, if you're really you see it on like those Shark Tanks kind of shows sometimes where they've got this business idea that they think is going to change the world, and the the uh, sharks or the mm. Dragons mm-hmm. go. This is not anything, and they're like, "I've put my whole life yeah. into this." Yeah. You're like, "This is brutal." Yeah, I, I can't watch this anymore. I'm living out of my car. I've sold everything to make this card game. We're not sure that this card game. <laughs> yeah. it's very convoluted. Is worth the billion dollars you're asking for? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah uh, for one billion dollars, you can have one percent of my business. But Take it, it or leave it. The sunk cost fallacy comes into yes. play. Like, I've put everything into this. Yeah. I need this to work. It must be good. Yeah. Mm. Brutal. So, anyway, he's like, we got to get them now. They're peaking. They're right in the zone. <laughs> we got to get them. <laughs> they are peaking because they don't know how to use a microphone. <laughs> They're screaming into it. So, the album's recorded, and this is what the album liner notes say. One article said that it wasn't, they're not sure who wrote it, but Orlean thinks it was Austin who wrote this himself. Quote, the shags are real, pure, unaffected by outside influences. 
He didn't let them really listen to music much because he didn't want them influenced. Okay. Their music is different. It is theirs alone. They believe in it. Live it. Of all contemporary acts in the world today, perhaps only the shags do what others would like to do, and that is perform only what they believe in, what they feel, not what others think the shags should feel. The shags love you. What? They will not change their music or style to meet the whims of a frustrated world. You should appreciate this because you know they are pure. What more can you ask? They are sisters and members of a large family where mutual respect and love for each other is at an unbelievable high. In an atmosphere which has encouraged them to develop their music unaffected by outside influences, they are happy people and love what they are doing. <laughs> they do it because they love it. It's a, some of it's a bit defensive, isn't yeah, it? It's really justifying 100%. it. No, they love it. They're happy. Don't ask them. Don't ask them. Don't They're ask very them. Happy. They're very happy. This is what they want to do. They Certainly love not a prophecy. <laughs> They're not doing this because of some weird palm reading <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid. Weird thing to suggest. Yeah, that's crazy of you. That's just coincidental that that happened, mm. but they're doing it because they love it. They love it and they love you. That <laughs> yeah, bit that, was weird. That bit was weird. <laughs> they love you. The shags love you. The shags love you. <laughs> the shags love you. <laughs> okay. Right. I love the shags. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty full on, but also uh, it's kind of amazing. Mm. <laughs> There's this guy, Bobby Hearn, who worked at Fleetwood, and he he saw it all happen, uh, as Chusid called it, the ensuing debacle of the recording session. So, yeah, Bobby Hearn uh, was later quoted talking about Austin saying that uh, he came into Fleetwood and said he needed to cut some sides because he was the proprietor of the band, the father. He called himself the proprietor. Okay. He brought them in and they did this stuff. We shut the control room doors and rolled on the floor laughing. Just rolled. It was horrible. They did not know what they were doing. And you'd be hoping for a soundproof studio on that instance. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> they are laughing, laughing on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just just one second, girls. Close the door. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, so he says they did not know what they were doing. But they thought it was okay. They were just in another world. And they smelled like cows right off the farm. <laughs> Not a dirty smell. Just smelled like cows. <laughs> what an odd thing to add. All of it's so odd. I just, I can't imagine laughing at that. I would feel, I'd feel, at very, I'd feel for them. Yeah. Or I'd be like, good on them. One of the two. Yep. Yeah. It feels pretty cruel to be laughing at. Anyway. Um, Dave and I'd be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Not until they left. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, then we'd listen back. <laughs> Shut the door. Remember their smell? <laughs> like a cow. <laughs> Not dirty. Not dirty. <laughs> but cow-like. A clean cow. That, that said so, because I, I love the smell of it. I used to go to our friend's dairy farm mm. on to holidays. To sniff the cows. But it was just, oh, that smell is it's nice. <laughs> love the smell of a, of a cow. Mm, I'm not sure I'm familiar. <laughs> All right. Not sure if I should have said that out loud. Very defensive. I love what I'm doing. I love the smell of a cow. Yeah. Okay. That does sound weird. Now that it, once I heard it back. Did you ever just go right up to one and just give it a real sniff? No, I just meant the general. You take one of those big ears and you say, oh, I love the smell of you. <laughs> Fuck, I love a cow. I love a big animal. You do. You do. No, I, I agree. You couldn't laugh in their face like that. That is so- No. And it sounds like they were laughing secretly. Yes. At least it sounds behind closed doors. And they tried. They tried to say, like, I don't think they're ready. Maybe now's not the best time to spend all of your money. That was a different guy oh, who different said one. that. Yeah. yeah. Still. But still, I imagine he said they were all laughing, so, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, the story goes that Austin paid for a thousand copies of their record, Philosophy of the World, to be pressed, but the producer, Charlie Dreyer, disappeared along with 900 copies of the album, never to be seen again. Wow. Though NPR says this part of the story is unsubstantiated. That's just like part of the mythology of it now. Chusset agrees that it's unlikely that that's the case, saying, For Dreyer to steal them makes no sense. Dreyer went deeply in debt after borrowing tens of thousands of dollars for various recording projects. But there's no way hundreds of philosophy LPs would have helped pay his creditors. Yeah. The album was unknown and worthless. It was also considered an artistic abomination. <laughs> Which is full on terms. That is so brutal. <laughs> oh, wow. The only reason Dreyer had pos- possessed them was because Austin never bothered to claim the goods. The eventual disposition of those boxes remains a mystery. It's conceivable that at some point, since they were taking up valuable space, they were simply tossed in a dumpster. Okay. But the story has grown to- he, he ran made off, off with him. He knew that it was going to become this cult yeah. hit. He yeah. spent the rest of his life in a cave listening to 900 <laughs> LPs over and over. Yeah, again. wearing them down one by one. <laughs> and honestly, loving his life in that yeah, cave. He loved his he life. He loved his cave life. <laughs> Shag cave. And his ca- a cave wife. <laughs> a rock. <laughs> <laughs> happy, happy cave wife. Happy cave life. <laughs> The Wiggins returned to the Fleetwood Studios a few years later. By then, though, they could play a little better after practicing for many hundreds more hours. But they hadn't improved so much as to convince the engineer. In fact, he pitied them, writing, As the day progressed, I overcame my disappointment and started feeling sorry for this family paying $60 an hour for studio time to record this. Oh, but again, like, so is the dad still not letting them listen to other music? He's not letting them see? Yeah. Like- that would help them so yeah. much. They go, oh, we That's, get it. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I've been holding a guitar wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the wrong way around. <laughs> but but it is interesting because the people who appreciate it appreciate it for probably for some of these reasons. Yeah. That, that they, they weren't influenced by anything. and they Do they really appreciate it or is it just a thing that you say? Kurt. <laughs> Mate. Yeah. Call in. Call in. <laughs> Kurt. <laughs> Frank Zappa. Hmm? Call in. Famously strange, man. <laughs> Do you just say you like it? Yeah. Because it's what everyone else doesn't say. Mm, potentially. Maybe. But it is but it is like it's quite a few people have got on board. Okay. I'm, obviously, I haven't heard it, so I don't know how bad or good it is. When you said that they're holding the guitar the wrong way, I imagined strings against <laughs> yeah, your body. And rubbing. Just, yeah. Rubbing it. Like sort of washboard. <laughs> I was thinking um, maybe at the end of the report, We'll pause the recording, listen to a couple of songs, and then you can talk about what you think. Right. And, and people at home can do the same. I would love cool. that. Love that. So, as for the songs I recorded, uh, I talked before about the one, uh, Who Are Parents. Um, <laughs> Years later, that's made it. So- <laughs> It's still their number one. Dot was the main songwriter, and uh, as she was self-taught, the songs were kind of odd pop songs with odd meters, key changes, and fluctuating time signatures. According to Corey Grow, writing for Rolling Stone, the album contained Dot's songs about feeling like she didn't fit in, philosophy of the world, her deference for her parents, who were parents, her love for her cat, Foot Foot, uh, the song was <laughs> called My Pal Foot Foot. <laughs> That's the song I've heard. Which I'll play you, that for you. If you don't know that's a cat, it I know, sounds that's what, so odd. But I think I think it was I heard it before I knew what it meant. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is kind of bizarre and fun, but knowing and it's like, oh, it's just a it's, it's a just literally a, a song about a cat. My pal foot foot. <laughs> uh, and also 
she wrote about general confusion with songs like Why Do I Feel and What Should I Do? It's like a robot. It does sound like an AI. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I feel? Kill me. Kill me. What is love? <laughs> some are happy while some have an inexplicable sadness about them that even she can't put her finger on years later. All are sung and played in unpredictable and unusual ways that won them their famous fans. The song My Pal Foot Foot has lyrics like, My pal's name is Foot 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 Foot. He always likes to roam. My pal's name is Foot 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 Foot. I never find him home. I go to his house, knock at his door. People come out and say, Foot Foot don't live here no more. <laughs> uh, in the end of the song, Foot Foot returns, but apparently real life did not. Oh. oh. Another song called Things I Wonder had lyrics that went, There are many things I wonder. There are many things I don't. It seems as though the things I wonder most are the things I never find out. That almost rhymes. <laughs> but well, I mean, she, she set up a pattern and broken it. I guess that's, that's an interesting... Mm. Orlean sort of wrote that lyrics like this are sort of hard to tell. Are they brilliant or are they awful? Yeah. It's hard. It's almost hard to tell. Uh, Orlean says, is this the colloquial ease and dislocated syntax of a James Shuler poem or the awkward innermost thoughts of a speechless teenager? <laughs> <laughs> it's one or the other. Yeah. Are you familiar with James Shuler's work, Dave? No, but I am uh, familiar with- uh, Awkward teenagers. teenagers. No idea what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Shags continued playing weekly on Saturday nights in Fremont until 1973 when the town supervisors put an end to the shows. Apparently, they were getting- No one's really sure why, but it sounds like they were getting pretty full on. (laughs) Like, there was, like, borderline little riots and stuff. Oh, my God. uh, According to Orlean, Austin was furious. But the girls were relieved to end the grind of playing every Saturday night. They were getting older and had begun to chafe at his authority. Like the eldest was in her mid to late twenties by this stage. Wow. So I don't yeah. She must have been a late teen when they were started performing. Mm. Still being made to just play once a week, not really allowed to have a life. Yeah. So they they were beginning to sort of get over his authority, so much so that they started to quietly rebel against him. One of his daughters, Helen, fell for a man at one of the dances and ended up marrying him in secret. Oh. According to Aline, she continued living at home for three months after the wedding, which Austin didn't even know about, because she was too terrified to tell him what she had done. On the night that she finally got up the courage to give him the news, he got out a shotgun and went after her husband. The police joined in and told Helen to choose one man or the other. <laughs> the, the police joined in. Do you mean they started chasing the husband? Well, I, I know, that's what all. That's what, that's it what Orlean like. said. But yeah, but it's um, is like they're like, all right, who? Your which choice. One? Who, which one do you want us to take? <laughs> who should to we shoot? save you from? Who should we kill? <laughs> we got to kill someone. Data hubby. Both. Data hubby. One. <laughs> the other. Both. both. <laughs> all <laughs> options are on the table. <laughs> Neither. What? No, that's, no, that that's wasn't not an option. option. Whoa, whoa, I said whoa, whoa. one, the other, or both. <laughs> yeah. God, women. Jeez. Listen. It's a bit dim, this one. So, what the fuck? So, the police made her choose and she left with her husband. It was months before Austin spoke to her again. Apparently, she was 28 years old at the time. So, well and truly- <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, gosh. I think some Fucking of Fucking hell. So, some of the, the ages, I think, have been a bit- um, inconsistent with because she was a teenager. But anyway, it's, you know, when sometimes different sources- Yeah. Are yeah, a bit it sounds like they were together for ages, though. They're really- 
Yeah. Given the music like, thing, it yeah. would be crack. Seems yeah, like that's they've been Saturday playing. Saturday Night Weekly for years. Yeah, yeah, Isn't yeah. that incredible? Yeah. So, yeah, if they were late teens, it's not it's not a shock to sort of be like, okay, yep, they're mid-20s now. Mm. That's wild. During that time where they played, this guy stumbled upon the album, you know, via- uh, that those boxes sitting around. Mm. He was like, apparently one guy came through and he's like, this is weird and interesting. Take a box of them if you want. They're just sitting here. And that guy was like, this is really interesting. I think I could make something of this. And he went to one of the shows and he's the one going, it was strange the way everyone was dancing. Wow. He was the one saying they're like zombies. But then he, he decided in the end, he's like, I can't. I don't. He felt like he'd be taking advantage. Like they're not really in on what makes them interesting. Yeah. So he would feel bad. To, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, I think he saw the dad and how he treated him. He's like, this is it's just not quite right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said that driving back to Boston, I, I think, was really surreal. It was foggy. A cop car followed him for ages, and he's like, it was just everything about that night was very unnerving and surreal. Oh, weird. Yeah. Uh, but that, he cop, w- that cop did think he was Helen's husband, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, do you want me to shoot you or shoot myself? Which one? <laughs> I'm shooting someone here. Yeah, I'll, I'll shoot someone. my car. I'll shoot my car. Yeah. Me or you. Which or is your it? car. Or your car. Final offer. Or that tree. <laughs> I've got to shoot something. I've got to shoot something. I've got a KPI to meet. <laughs> These bullets aren't going to shoot themselves. <laughs> Are you Helen's husband? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. What? Oh. <laughs> Things were fraying, but the band forged on. They continued to play locally at fairs and at, at the nursing home as well. <laughs> <laughs> they love that polite response. Uh, Austin continued believing that the prophecy was going to come true. It was only a matter of time. So, he believed it all the way time, through. Austin, how much time? But it was not to be. The band went into hiatus in 1975. This was brought on when Austin suffered a massive heart attack in his sleep and died at the age of just 47. Wow. Wow, was that in the prophecy or Yeah, I don't I don't think it was mentioned. So so from then they're like, well now that he's not making us be a band, they just sort of they didn't break up but they just stopped playing. Yeah. Which sort of suggests they didn't really want to be doing it, I guess. Yeah, that's so, right. as soon as he's out, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, imagine it's tough, but like I imagine there would have been a bit of relief. Yes. To yeah. Their dad's passing, which is so sad. It's really hard to know what to make of this story. Yeah. Um Wow. But, yeah, he was- I think he's definitely the villain of the story. Yeah. And, yeah. To get to a point where your your kids are in their 20s and aren't allowed to have lives. So much so that one of them rebels by getting married and does that in secret. Very sad. sad. Very sad. It's sort of like from there on, after his time, it is a lot more positive, I think, Mm. Um, generally speaking. Kind of heartbreakingly or maybe- Maybe it's perfect, but according to Helen, uh, the day he died was the same day they had finally played a version of Philosophy of the World that he had given them positive feedback on. <laughs> well, oh. I think that's kind of nice, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, in the years after his death, two of the kids, uh, the other two kids got married, the other two daughters got married and moved out of the family home. Austin's widow, Annie, soon sold the home and moved into a smaller place. The new owner of the old Wigan family home later said that Austin's ghost haunted the place. Like, he wasn't doing that for notoriety or anything. Uh. He was like, this place is haunted. So much so that he built a a separate house on the property, just built a second house at the back and moved out of the house um, at the front and ended up donating the front house to the local fire department to- 
practice putting out fires on. <laughs> Set it on fire, yeah. guys. Burn that ghost. <laughs> Isn't that wild? That's a, I bet you didn't see that bit coming. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he was gonna say, you were going to say, and he let them, be, that's the new firehouse or something. Yeah. 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 But he let it be the new firehouse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, because I feel like if if that house still existed, it would be a museum yeah. now because, like, the band now has worldwide fans, like a big cult following. Really? Wow. So that house could have been like the. I mean, I imagine that town is now would regularly just have people going there, going, "Wow, this is the town, the shack, this is Shagville." Wow, Shagville, USA. <laughs> the local hall, maybe. Yeah, true. Where they played every, every Saturday night. And apparently, the hall is like like everything in the town's kind of very low key, but the hall looks quite amazing. Mm. And uh, yeah, one of these writers was like, they went down like, oh, you, this this feels like some cool things could have happened here. Wow! So while the band never quite achieved the status of greatest in the world, the rare pressings of their album have become super sought after, and their music has been reevaluated over the years. It's still very divisive, but they have also accumulated many fans. The albums, those original albums, now go for a fortune, you know, because there's not many of them and they're real collector's items. Wow. Can I show you the cover? Please. I think you'll love it. And I wonder, what what are you picturing? What um, are you picturing them to look I'm like? I'm picturing flowers, I reckon. I was picturing something so- somewhat psychedelic, but I don't think, because that seems like they'd be in on it then. They're wearing, they are wearing flowers on there. Oh, wow. They look awesome. Yeah. Pretty cool. Style icons, I would say. They're wearing so two of them are wearing matching outfits, but one the drummer isn't. Mm. Drummer's wearing completely different. They're wearing matching haircuts though. Matching haircuts on those sisters, yeah. Not good ones. Okay. But um Ready to disagree. And the drummer seems to be playing half a drum kit. Yes. <laughs> it's described as a drum kit that is unplayable by some they're like <laughs> there is no the bass setup drum. of that drum there does not make any no, sense. No, the way the snare's angle. <laughs> And the fact that they've, you know, they went with the double guitar, no bass setup for yeah. the most part is interesting. But they, they just didn't follow any rules. They didn't know the rules. That's great. According to Anastasia Siulkus, uh, writing for NPR, the sisters' thoroughly off-kilter, atonal and arrhythmic songs have become legendary. They have been hailed as proto-punk pioneers. The Shags fans included Frank Zappa, who is often quoted as calling them better than the Beatles. But like Dave says, he's, he was a he quirky guy. naming his children Moon Unit. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And it, this is also possibly an apocryphal claim anyway. But he definitely was right into them. Members of the band NRBQ, who asked the Shags for permission to reissue songs from their professional and home recording sessions, which made uh, Philosophy of the World commercially available again, uh, meant they reissued the album in 1980. Ah. And that was when it started um, finding a, a larger audience. Shortly after that reissue, critic Lester Bangs wrote about the Shags. <laughs> oh, Lester Bangs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, but Lester Bangs. <laughs> Sorry, baby, nominative determinism. <laughs> Lester be Lester. <laughs> yeah, Lester Bangs wrote about the Shags in The Village Voice. They recorded an album up in New England that can stand, I think, easily with Beatles 65, Life with the Lions, Blonde on Blonde, and Teenage Jesus and the Jerks as one of the landmarks of rock and roll history. They can't play a lick, but mainly they got the right attitude, which is all rock and roll's ever been about from day one. Wow. 
Silkus continues, interest in the Wigan sisters has continued to percolate over the ensuing decades. In 1999, the label RCA Victor re-re-released Philosophy of the World and a short-lived off-Broadway musical about their life was produced in 2011. According to Grow, Kurt Cobain counted it among his all-time favourite albums. Rolling Stone included it in the upper half of its list of 40 greatest one-album wonders. Top 20 all-time one-album wow. wonders. Wow. Amazing. The Shag singer and guitarist Dot said, It's hard to believe. I like those ones better than the worst ever band around, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> Uh, according to Schuster, over the ensuing decades after its release, Philosophy was declared by Frank Zappa as one of his all-time favourite records. Rolling Stone's 1996 alt-rockorama ranked it among the 100 most influential alternative releases of all time, the greatest garage recordings of the 20th century, and the 50 most significant indie records. So it's made a lot of these like all-time great lists. Uh, when Zappa raved about Philosophy in a 1976 Playboy poll, Practically no one outside the Wigan clan and their neighbourly circle had heard it. As rare copies of the LP were discovered and cassettes began to circulate, other self-proclaimed fans came to include Bonnie Raitt, who said, they're like castaways on their own musical island. Jonathan Richmond called them the real thing, and Carla Blaze said, they bring my mind to a complete halt. <laughs> Finally, this is my favourite quote about them, from Bruce D. Roadvolt from LA Weekly, said, if we can judge music on the basis of its honesty, originality, and impact, then the Shag's philosophy of the world is the greatest record ever recorded in the history of the universe. Okay. That is a huge call. Fair to say, very polarizing band. Yeah. Isn't that amazing how where it started and just it's been reevaluated over time. Yeah. And as music's evolved, they've they've remained unique. Yeah. And a scene as music's evolved, people look back and go, oh, that's interesting. That's sort of like, that feels like an early version of the punk ethos, do it yourself. We don't know how to play, but we're, we're playing anyway. Listen to your dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is love? <laughs> what are parents? What are parents? Yeah. Are they um, still alive? Uh, two of them are. Whoa. And one of them actually uh, formed- her own band. Uh, the others sort of moved away from music, uh -huh. but they've reformed to play, you know, as they've been rediscovered. They've played at a few festivals and stuff, even recently. And yeah, I think Dot, the main songwriter, put her own band together and, you know, plays and stuff. It's they sick. Are, I love it. Do you know the name of that band? Oh. Are they? <laughs> Anyone we would have heard of, they are the Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think they're the Dot Wigan Three or something like that. Oh, cool. That's good. Imagine seeing them at a festival. That's pretty cool. Mm. But having no context and just seeing this band do something really weird. You'd be like were, probably, what, are they in their 70s, 80s now? Yeah, so they were well, they were teens in the 60s, so I guess they were born in the, in the 50s. Mm. Amazing. And yeah, like at a festival and you, if you've never heard of them, like we sound like we haven't. So um, Dot and Betty reunited for shows in 99 and 2017. Helen passed away in 2006. Uh, but Dot put together the Dot Wigan band and released an album in 2013 containing previously unrecorded shag songs. Wow. That's such a long time to hold on to those songs. I don't remember jokes I used to do two it's years ago, but Dot's got 
songs from 50 years ago. Well, it sounds like they had to play them thousands of times yeah, over true. and over. And, and over. it's that formative time of your teens as well where, like, like Matt remembers ads mm. <laughs> from mm. his yeah, youth. Yeah, that's where you lock in. I can remember a song that me and a friend wrote in primary school. Mm. Our, we, a couple of songs we wrote. That's, that'll still be in my head somewhere. But, yep. yeah, like- you know, some I'll have to stop and try and remember your name sometimes because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't meet you when I was a child. We edited it in seamlessly, but <laughs> yeah, he does forget yeah. me quite um, often. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, the other thing I, I should probably mention, in 2001, a tribute album was released with uh, all covers of their songs and it was called Better Than The Beatles, a tribute to the Shags. <laughs> Deer Hoof is probably the biggest band maybe on there. But, um, yeah. Wow. We'll, we'll, have, we'll pause for a second here. And if anyone wants to, uh, check out the song My Friend Foot Foot. My Pal Foot Foot, sorry. <laughs> yep. And we'll be back in a second with Dave and Jess's reaction to okay, that. I'm ready. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. (laughs) Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Incredible stuff. Oh, man. So immediate thoughts. Well, if that was the voice, my chair turned around the first three seconds. I hit that golden buzzer. I wow. said, you have got it. Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, drums that are completely out of time. Oh, man. Guitars that are playing a different song to the drummer and vocals just over the top. So it's like three separate songs yeah. happening at the same time. And here's the thing too. Like I'm not a music expert, you know. Mm. I'm not a, a music historian. And you're ready to admit that. I'm ready to admit that I'm brave like that. But I also, you know, I, I'm also not a film buff, you know, an auteur. Mm. And I sometimes I watch movies and I'm like, I hate this and my real filmy friends love it. And I think sometimes movies can just be enjoyable and music should be nice to listen to. <laughs> you know, it shouldn't be painful. That hurt. <laughs> 
the question is, would you rather listen to that again or spend 40 days and 40 <laughs> nights eating small bricks covered in charcoal and Tabasco? Tabasco. I'd probably listen to it again. Yeah. What an absolute <laughs> fucking psycho that guy was. Oh, man. I think I reckon that one definitely was more of a song in the classic sense than My Pal Footfall. 100%. Yeah. Yes. So we, for, that had a hook. And- so, for the people at home, we pause and we listen to two songs in the end. We listen to My Pal Foot Foot, which was the one that I was talking about where they're playing three separate songs yes. at the yes. same time. But the second track- Philosophy of the World. Philosophy of the World, the title track. It's more of a song. More of a yeah. song. The drums and everything. I, I, the lyrics are kind of fun and- you know, it's just a simple idea. I just think it works. I, re- I just got the giggles because it was such a, like, because I was that teenager at some point thinking I was having a very profound yes. thought. Yeah. You know, but the it's The short just, people want what, what the, the tall, tall people, people got. got. Oh, the tall man. people want what the short people mm. got. You can't please anybody. The yeah. grass is always greener. The, I think it's fantastic. The girls with long hair want short hair. Yes. Oh, man. My favourite was the people with the motorbikes, they want cars. Yes. The people with cars That's want right. motorbikes. You know, it just makes you think. That one seems like an easier one to solve. Yeah. You know, the tall, yeah. short thing, that's tricky. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. But if you've got a motorbike and you want a car, you know, I reckon there's a way there's to a way make to that, that happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of into them. But I, yeah, I also, that, my pal Foot Foot is- that's not a putting her on the background and uh, no. going about your day. That, no. That genuinely hurt my brain it a was, little bit. Yeah, there's a lot going on. That made it's me- challenging music. It's challenging music. It made it made I me th- anxious. I think it would be challenging for them to recreate each time. Yeah. It's so out of- Yeah, there's no way. With each other. To recreate it would be quite difficult, I imagine. That's right. And it's- I mean, if, I, if you didn't know any better and you were told this is- They were like art school kids who- knew how to play their instruments back to front and this was them mucking, a, you know, yeah. like breaking all the rules, then it would be like, oh, yeah, this is mm, important work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But because they don't know the rules, it's interesting. They, they don't even have any of that baggage. Yeah. So that's why some people love it. They're like, it's just a naive, sincere attempt at, at having a go yeah. with people who don't haven't learnt or mastered their instruments. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's interesting, and I find their story fascinating, and I love how it's t- how they've found a, a following. Totally love that. Yeah. No. Good on them, and uh, it sounds like maybe their lives are a bit nicer once they were out of the shadow of their dadager. And yes. The, and the prophecy. Yeah, their proprietor. I think he likes to refer to us. <laughs> shag <love> manager. Shag. <laughs> I think, oh, also the shags. I think the story is. He came up with a name and he got it wrong on his badge. Come on. Yeah. I think the story's amazing and I'm rooting for them as people. Mm. Yeah, for but sure. that doesn't mean I have to listen to their music. No, of course not. <laughs> because well, no, that hurt my brain. No music's for everyone. No, that's right. And I would say this more than anything. Yeah. It's not for everyone. Very divisive. Very niche. People, like a small amount of people love it. Yeah. I'd say a majority of people would be like- what the fuck is I mean, this? Even yeah. you said, like, oh, even you. <laughs> you said, Matt, that listening to the second time, you started feeling. Yeah, it was interesting. The first time I listened to them, I'm like, whoa, this is, uh, a there's a lot going on. Yeah. It's hard to take it in. But the second time I was started, and, and then the third time, then started, you know. I think started even getting it a bit more, but yeah. I think that's that's the case with a lot of music. So much, especially even harder stuff, to stuff that becomes your favorite songs of yes. all time. You may not have loved the first or second time you heard it. I yeah. think often that's the case. Songs that are easy to to get straight away, you, I think I can tire from quicker. You get bored of it because right. it's so easy to. Oh yeah, I got that to get into. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe who knows? If yeah. I listen to that a few more times, it would be one of my faves. But it's also one of those funny things like. 
some people were like, you've really got to give it a try. It's like, oh, but why do I have to work so hard? To- yeah. Because yeah. you've got to want to. You've got to be open to it as well. At the end of the day, it's for entertainment purposes yeah. to enjoy. So if you don't enjoy it, you don't have to force it sometimes. It's yeah. okay. That's really your call. Yeah. Live your life. Yeah. If anyone out there is going, oh, I don't want to have to. Don't. Jess and I, not Dave, are saying you don't have to. You don't have to. I'm saying you have to. Homework <laughs> this week. Listen to the shags <laughs> every night. Yep. Ten times. Yes. Before bed. Yep. And then uh, write a book report. Okay, great. A book <laughs> on, on report a on a song. Yeah, a different topic, yeah. yeah. You've got to broaden, broaden the mind. Okay. Maybe on the book uh, Songs in the Key of Z. Yeah, fantastic book. Fantastic Key of Z. Key of Z. Oh, that's a beautiful. Name for a boy or girl. Beautiful name for a boy or girl. Key of Z. Come on, Key of Z. Come on, Key of Z. Key of Z. Key Z. Where are your shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Well, that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show where we thank some of our fantastic Patreon supporters, if you want to get involved, go to patreon.com slash do go on pod. It would be so nice to have you there. There's a bunch of different levels uh, and depending on the the level, you get different rewards or rewards seems weird. It's not a reward. It's just a thing that you a get. A treat. A treat. Different treats. Yeah. <laughs> different what, treats. What are some of those treats, Bob? You can vote on uh, topics that we do. You can be in our Facebook group, which is the nicest corner of the internet. You get early access to um, live show tickets and also three bonus episodes a month. Three. Three. One as, for each of us. As well as the back catalogue of bonus episodes. So, there's, we're closing in on 200 bonus apps. Mm. So good. Love it. It's just the best group. Uh, the Comedy Festival last month, hung out with a bunch of patrons and it was so good. Met a few, came from, travelled from far, yeah. Connor from Perth. Yep. Uh, Shake from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Wild. We met a, a, a couple of people at your show when Dave and I came who'd come from Brighton in the UK. Really? Yeah. Mm. Holy shit. Front yeah. row of your show. You even did a bit of crowd work with the Oh, I- Ah, oh, yeah, I shook their hands. I didn't realise. That's so cool. Very cool. Legends. Anyway, um, the first thing we like to do in this uh, section of the show is called the Fact, Quote, or Question section. I actually think it's got a jingle. Go somewhere like this. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. Huh, he always remembers the ding. Huh. She always remembers the thing. And uh, to get involved in this, you go to the shit. The Sydney Shanberg. Sydney Shanberg. Sydney Shanberg level. <laughs> Deluxe level. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question, or a break, or a suggestion, or yeah. a joke, or really whatever you like. Whatever you want. And I don't read them out until I read them out. You also get to give yourself a title. We do four each week. I should also say, if you um, don't have the cash to get involved with Patreon, obviously that's fine. Mm. Uh, we just really appreciate you listening. Yeah, we also take check. So, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, and and you don't need to be a patron to suggest topics. I think sometimes people think that. Yeah, uh, there's a link can. in the show notes. You can click on anyone can suggest a topic at any time. And like even just like I don't know, posting about it on socials or telling a friend about it, recommending it to people. That a lot of people have found us because somebody else told them about us. So, so. nice. So you know that's a that's an amazing way to support us. We if really you, appreciate If you want to chuck some cash at us. That's so lovely, but you don't have to. We love you regardless. If you want to make it a bit of fun, put the cash in a soda can. Yes. And then chuck it at us. <laughs> yes. While we're performing. My preference. comedy. Sprite. Oh, okay. I like to be hit with Sprite. It's not my favourite to drink. Oh, but okay, yes. Yeah. It's fine. All right. So, here are the fact quotes or questions this week. First one comes from Claire Noria, which I believe is a typo and it's Claire Norris, but I'll say Claire Noria just in case. Okay. Maybe maybe Claire's been misspelling her name previously. Yeah. Right. Noria is a nice name. That's I a good name. Name. 
If, you, if that's not a, if that is a typo, Claire, I'd consider it. Yeah, think about it. And Claire's title is Pizza Eater. Oh my god, Claire. me too, big time. <laughs> me too, Claire. a little too much to be honest. Claire. I've had a couple this week. Yeah, I've had a couple. A couple. Yeah, I've had a couple. Nice it's a good week if I have pizza twice. Yeah, yeah, it's a good week. It's a great week. Yeah, fucking. I've hell. had a great week. And Claire's asking a question. Writing, hi all. Hope everyone is well. Thank you. I'm well. Everyone loves pizza, but my question, though, is what style of pizza is your favourite? If you don't know, may I suggest touring all the major areas in America that claim to have a different style? Mm. Oh, okay. okay. Like a deep dish. That's right. And then the huge ones in in New York that are just like pretty basic but real big and you fold them and you- Shove them in your So, there's a New York style pizza place that's got a few chains open in in Melbourne now. Oh, right. And, oh, my God. You like? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a a regular customer. There's one in Brisbane uh, near the old Heya Bar that I used to get a slice at after. I think we did after we did uh, Razzle Dazzle. Yes, I reckon we we had a slice there. It's a perfect nightcap to a Razzle Dazzle show. (laughs) It's a slice of American style pizza. Delish. Uh, so, Claire says, growing up in New York, I'm partial to New York style, uh, but have come to enjoy the occasional Chicago style. Cheers. I don't- I've never had the- it doesn't no. look good to me. No, me either. But mm. um, when we eventually go there, uh, I say this every year, hopefully this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been saying that for, what, seven years? About that. But um, I will try it. I'll give it a go. And I'll, I'll try it with an open heart and an open mind. And an open, and mouth. An open mouth. And an open butt for when that cheese just doesn't sit right. Oh, my God, Jess, don't take it there. (laughs) You know I'll be thinking about that months from now when we're sitting down in Chicago, the Windy City. I'll remind you. The Windy City for a reason. (laughs) All that cheese. Too much cheese. But, yeah, I don't know if I could tell you what style beyond that. I do like the New York style. I've had New York pizza in New York. What about, should we just say what our pizza order of preference is? Yeah, sure. Sure. Because I, I like to, I will say, I also not familiar with all these different American styles, mm. but I usually like a thin base. Yeah, me too. Okay. Love a thin base, maybe yep. a, a wood fired. Yeah. Cooked okay. on a bit of stone. Love oh, a wood yeah. fire. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. Then mm-hmm. I'm talking uh, tomato sauce. Yes. I'm a tomato sauce base guy too. Yep. 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 I'm into that. Then I've got, uh, I enjoy a, a, uh, just a mozzarella cheese. Yep. yep. Can't go wrong. With you so far. Then I am, I love a potato pizza. Okay. No, you've out. gone too far. I'm you've out. gone too far. I love, no, I do, I you've do like, I it. love potato, gorgonzola, yep. walnuts, and then a bit of rocket over the top. Oh, yeah. Okay. Walnuts. Of walnuts. <laughs> well, how do you say it? Walnuts. Wall. No, but I think, yeah, I mean, that's how it's spelled, but I've just never heard anyone say walnuts. that. Walnuts. Walnuts. Well, yeah, well, they are well nuts. <laughs> I don't mind. That's a fancy pizza. I feel well nuts the way I said that, but. That is real affluent East cuisine. Yeah, lava potato on a pizza. And then if, you, and if you're putting any meat on it, maybe like a thinly sliced ham, prosciutto. Yeah, yum. A jamon of some description. I grew up with, uh, I, I always loved the Aussie pizzas first, which was with an egg on it. I don't know how that became an Aussie pizza, but, and then I went to Hawaiian, but the ham Back in the day at the suburban pizza oh, places yeah. was horrible. Oh, that shredded rubber. stuff. That, yeah. And then it, it just blackened. And yeah, it's yeah. cooked too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, that's no good. But, yeah. But I think if I'm having meat on a pizza, which I'm not, it would be salami okay. or pepperoni. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what I have- Are you finished? Yeah, yeah. That's my <laughs> fault. Uh, and to see drink. See how far you go with me here. <laughs> okay. I'm happy with thin or medium or whatever. The base, I, can, I like a variety. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomato sauce. Yep. Cheese. Tick, tick. Mm-hmm. 
mushrooms. You've lost me. Okay, I'm, I'm half in. Capsicum. Mm. Yep. Okay. Kalamata olives. Okay. I'm back in. Yep. Distill an olive. Pineapple. Yep. No. Maybe some herbs. Some oreg- oregano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I saying that right? Yeah. Oregano. Yeah, you nailed that. Maybe some basil. Yep. <laughs> And that's, yeah, that's, that's how I would. Wow. Right. I like it. It's pretty I simple. Think, but yeah, the, very old school simple. Mm. The classic. nice part is that if we go out for pizzas, uh, we don't have to share and that's fun, I think. <laughs> <laughs> We're discovering that. I would, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, were you done with that? You're not getting a slice of mine. You will hear a few. Oh, is you going to? You going to finish that? Um, I finished mine. I was just wondering if you're gonna. <laughs> you gonna you gonna be that one? I think Jess. If I know your order, you keep it very simple. Very simple, like the Italians intended. Ah, uh, mm. mamma mia! A margarita, yep. a cheese pizza for the US. Um, delicious, simple. Yeah. If you have to go anything more than that, is there any others that you ever? I you like others. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, but I, I've, I've known you to order many margaritas. Yeah, over yeah, it's my favourite. I, because I, because you know, and a lot of the time people are like, "Oh, I just want to try something different." But I'm always like, mm, "But I'll, I'll be thinking I should have just had a margarita." Yeah, I, love I do. It. Margarita's the safest bet, and that's one I'll often have. Mm. If every other pizza's got potato and bullshit on it. <laughs> if I'm in the right mood, I'll have a potato pizza very occasionally. But there, I, the double star. With a bit of rosemary and stuff. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's it's a nice little treat. Oh, rosemary yeah. is very nice. Rarely like, in the mood for that. I do like pineapple on pizza. And, yeah, pineapple. I'm happy with like a veggie, like a bunch, chuck a shit ton of veggies on there and delicious. Love it. Yeah. Um. And, and yeah, I, I sometimes miss a pepperoni pizza. Yeah, pepperoni. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh. Great question, Claire. Fantastic Man, question. Man, you've taken us to Flavor Country and you've timed this interestingly because we haven't eaten lunch. Yeah. Is it possible that we find a pizza place? Yes. Yeah, so, can we go get pizza? Do you notice that Godfather's on Sydney Road is now just called Father's Pizza? Oh. Were they like, we want to get the secular people in? You know? That's the place that I asked for a toasted cheese sandwich and the guy said, you'll have a margarita pizza. <laughs> I said, oh, no, it's on the board. Can I have a toasted sandwich? He goes, you'll have a margarita pizza. <laughs> Did you speak to the godfather himself? Yeah, the godfather. Wow. The rest, father. Rest in peace, maybe. Did you the enjoy proprietor. that? Did you enjoy that margarita pizza? I did. <laughs> he was right. He, he was he right. He's got to trust. He said, thank me later. And I, and I did. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for that question, Claire. The next one comes from Drew Forsberg, a.k.a. Master Blaster. <laughs> <laughs> Dave just coughed up a lung <laughs> there. That's funny. What's he blasting? <laughs> the Master Blaster. That was uh, West Indian cricketer was nicknamed the Master really? Blaster. Who's the Master Blaster? Uh, you it Google it while I, I read bats. Maybe Viv Richards. Oh, I blasted around. Okay. Uh, and Drew's asking a question, writing, who runs Barter Town? Okay. That's the question. Yeah. Okay. No answer. Huh. Who runs Barter Town? Who runs Barter Town? I don't know if I understand. Let me Google, see what that means. Oh, is it a joke, though? Is that we were supposed to say, I don't know, and then you read out the answer? No, that's all it's written. And while you Google that, I'll read out what I've Googled. Master Blaster, that's a nickname for Sachin Tendulkar. Ah. Indian cricket player. Oh. Also called the Little Master, which I've heard before. Yeah, I don't think he's the Master Blaster. Well, the internet says so. That's what's come up if I've Googled Master Blaster cricket. Viv Richards, the Master Blaster. That's as well? Really? Well, Sachin's got the whole front page all to himself these days. Well, that's interesting because he he obviously came later than Viv. Sir Viv. I once saw Sir Viv speak at a- Charity luncheon. It might have been, was it maybe even the day that we recorded the Bermuda Triangle <laughs> episode? Wow. Do you remember anything from that day? 
Uh, Viv was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, when you Google Master Blaster Viv Richards, videos come up saying Viv Richards, the original Master Blaster, Thank or you. Viv Richards, the real Master Blaster. <laughs> yes, ah, now we're that talking. Saturn. So I've, I've looked up who runs Barter Town. Yeah. Something comes up, Auntie Entity. Barter Town is ruled primarily by Auntie Entity, though Master Blaster openly and publicly claims to run Barter Town, forcing Auntie to endorse their leadership through energy embargoes. Oh, Mad Max. That's in a Mad Max thing. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. That's, that's Drew, like- is this what you wanted us to yeah, do? Yeah, is this, is this well, the fun I- you hoped we would have? I laughed at Master Blaster, so that it's But it's also, it's, um, yeah, because question is normally like a question of, but that, that's more like a trivia question, which yeah, I like how good. I like how Drew's taken that in a different direction. Yeah, fantastic work, clever, Drew. clever stuff. And I really, I've I've seen the most recent um, movie in that the series. Fury Road, and I've seen the first one. But yeah, I really should watch all all of them. You really should. I really should. Australian cultural history. Yeah. Next one comes from Michael Derizzi, aka Dragon of the West. <laughs> Cool. And Michael's offering us a suggestion, writing, A long time ago, I asked you three if you had seen Avatar The Last Airbender, and your answers were a round of no's. Have you seen it since? Keeping in mind that only virgins haven't seen the show. Well, I haven't. <laughs> well, Dave obviously hasn't. I'm wondering, have I done an episode of, of uh, Primates about it? <laughs> if so, then I've watched it, but otherwise I have not. I have not. Um, and- is he referring to the movie or the TV show that we should have watched? Oh, Oof. doesn't say. There's both, obviously. Yeah, it was a 2010 movie and then three seasons of an animated cartoon. No, it doesn't look like I've done an episode on Primates. So, that's- I feel like I would have remembered otherwise. But no, that I, th- I believe there maybe is a- maybe there's a Primates r- thing involved in it. Because I think it's been suggested before. But I've heard it's fantastic. People do love it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, I haven't even seen the- the last um, Avatar movie about the blue people. So, you know. Mm. And that one has been seen by most people. Anyway, thank you very much, Michael. Sorry to I, let you down, Michael. We'll but, put, yeah. Still on the list. If it is if it is primates related, maybe I'm thinking of something else. I'll um, have to watch it and do a pod about it. The final one this week comes from Stephen Edmonds, a man we've seen around or saw around the comedy festival yes. last month. Appreciate your support, Stephen. One of the great one Melbourne the comedy community people yeah. great supporter of the scene uh steven writes or steven's title mm. is apparent influencer of the fact quote question brag suggestion recipe joke or other list <laughs> and steven is offered another recipe he really yes. did bring the recipes into the absolutely changed the game forever what's this one gonna be i was gonna try and make a joke about the definition of staples but the meaning is broader than i thought so let's go straight to a recipe for a tea cake using what should be common ingredients oh, i love it do you know the other day I was in the supermarket just like grabbing, what did I need? Honey. That was it. And then I just stopped for a while at like the cake mixes and I just gen- really thought about just baking a whole cake. I don't have anyone to share it with. I was just going to eat it myself. Mm. And then I thought, walk away, Jess. <laughs> walk away. <laughs> Let it go. Well done. Well done to walk away. I could have brought you some cake. That's true. Fuck! I would have eaten that cake. And then I could have eaten like half a cake, brought you a slice each and not felt bad about it. Back when I was a trolley boy. Oh, no. I had some, I, you know, didn't have the best eating habits on yep. my breaks. I've told oh, you about the wow. triple Mars bars and the six pack of donuts yep. and the two litters of chocolate big M. But have one. I ever told you about <laughs> a period where I would buy a tea cake and eat it like a biscuit? 
<laughs> you were what, late teens, early twenties? Yeah. Yeah. That like boys of that age, teenagers in general, eat a lot. But the things I've watched my brother and then my cousins eat as they've hit t- that age, the the quantities and the choices, you're like, the fuck yeah. is going on? So I I think that's fantastic. But it's it's funny because that's why. Guys get to a certain age and then go, whoa, where'd this stomach come from? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's because we've just, we didn't realize that what we were doing was unnatural yeah. and unsustainable. <laughs> <laughs> Against God. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I was, I, I've been eating healthier over the last 10 years and I've put on so much weight when back then I didn't put on any. Mm. Anyhow, doesn't well, skin, matter. Skinny, skinny people want what fat people have. Fat people want what skinny people have. What well, beautiful lyric to from quote those songs. The philosophy of the world. And people with motorbikes want what cars. That's right. Short hair, <laughs> want long hair, yeah. etc. And it doesn't. I'm not saying. I'm not unhappy with my weight. Oh my god. All right. So Stephen's recipe goes like this: sixty grams butter. Mm-hmm. Got okay. that. One hundred twenty-five grams caster sugar. Yep, I've got caster sugar. One large wet egg. <laughs> I've got a large wet egg. Beaten. Okay. The wetter the better. A defeated egg. Uh, <laughs> one third cup of milk. Yep, I've got milk. <laughs> got milk. I hope skinny's okay. Uh, whew, not for me. Uh, 200 grams of self-raising flour. Cream together, butter and sugar, then mix in egg. Gradually add milk and flour, mixing lightly. Pour into greased and lined 18 centimetre round pan. Bake at 190 degrees Celsius for 30 to 35 minutes. Some modifications. Cinnamon. Sprinkle on a mixture of caster sugar and cinnamon mm. before baking. Yum. Banana. Before mixing in milk and flour, add half a cup of mashed banana. No. Sliced apple. This is the ones I would have Ooh. at uh, Eat Like a Biscuit. An apple one. Yeah. Spiced apple before baking. Cover with thinly sliced apples and sprinkle with cinnamon and sugar. That was yeah, the kind I had. It was apples, slices of apples so on the fruit. top. So, mm. that's a great- a yes. great work yep. snack. Yeah, that's right. On a 15-minute break. Yeah, low GI. Low, absolutely low GI. <laughs> Need that burst because I'm, I'm out there pushing a GI. lot of trolleys. Mm-hmm, yep. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. High GI, even better. Yeah, high, yeah, quick energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need it now. Yeah. Thank you so much, Stephen, for that fantastic recipe. Love that. Bob, please, next week, bring in a Stephen Edmonds tea cake. All I need is self-raising flour. I think I only have plain flour, but I could make that. And I'm putting cinnamon on it. Don't you fucking worry yeah. about that. Anyway, thank you, Stephen, Michael, Drew, and Claire. The next thing we like to do is shout out to a few of our other great guests. Jess, you normally come up with a bit of a game based on the topic? Yeah. What about we um, name we, we the title of their most famous song, oh, like yeah, the Foot Foot one? Yeah. What's do you it think, called? Uh, my Pal's Name is My Foot Pal's Foot. Name. I know that's Foot, not their Foot. most famous song, but it's like yes, our favourite of theirs. Favorite. Absolutely classic. To like, us, that's their yeah. iconic. But we kind of like- Underground shags, a lot. Yeah. You know your mainstream, your mainstream types, and yeah. your mainstream types mm-hmm. like Zapper and Cabane. Well, oh, such mainstreams. They like, <laughs> they like philosophy of the world, but us, we like some of the deeper cuts. Yeah, yeah. The deeper, e- the better. Everybody knows philosophy of the world. Like, mm. yeah, okay. Yeah. But like, I have actually listened to the yeah. album. Uh, okay. Yeah. My pal's name is Foot 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 Foot. 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 <laughs> uh, if I can kick us off, I'd love to thank. I didn't even wait for your response, but I'd love to thank <laughs> from, oh, no, address unknown. Can only assume from somewhere deep within the fortress of the moles, mm. I guess. Ooh. It's Sam Wise Often Smith. Sam Wise Often Smith. And uh, Sam Wise Often Smith. What was Sam Wise's 
song again, Bob? Oh, um, that little red door over there. Oh, yeah. Oh. That was big as well. Yeah, I liked that one. Like, as far as um, deep cuts go, yeah. that one sort of became a, a live show staple, even totally. though it was never officially released as a single. Which is interesting because it's such a high concept song. Yes. So, really cool stuff. Yeah. When Samwise plays it, it you know, it's the only song Samwise can play because it takes- Three and a half hours. That's right. <laughs> but it's it's an absolute journey. Including our 45-minute drum solo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which is, some people call it the halftime, but yeah. I watch it all. Yeah. Uh, I don't go to the bar. I piss my pants. And so- <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't go to the toilet. The bar. <laughs> I don't go to the bar. <laughs> there were two thoughts that I managed together there. Uh, thank you very much, Samwise. The next person I have to thank is from Tain Mouth. Or Tainmouth, probably in I think Devon. it's Tinmouth because Tinmouth. Oh, I once did an episode that was set around there. I thank you so much. Thanks so much. You've just saved me a few tweets. Yeah, the Tinmouth Electron. That was the the race around the world episode. Wow. Ah, Tinmouth yeah. in Devon, where they do scones correctly in Great Britain. I'd love to thank Owen Barlow. Owen Barlow, who his famous song was "Vacuuming Up a Storm." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Good stuff. It's a it beautiful fe- metaphor. And it features a live vacuum in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. It's a real punk song, just vacuuming. Ah, I'm vacuuming up a storm. Yeah. For example. Not many people know that's a real vacuum. Yeah. We thought, well, I hadn't assumed until just then it was created uh, via amp distortion. No. Mm-hmm. Pure vacuum. Pretty cool stuff. And uh, <laughs> Owen going through a vocoder. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. But no, real vacuum. Real vacuum. It's actually kind of disappointing to find that out. Sorry. In a way, uh, great work, Owen. Beautiful song. And finally, from me, oh my gosh, from the windy city, home of the deep dish oh, in too Chicago, much Illinois. It's Corey J. Tour. Tour. Corey, Corey J. Tour. And Corey's song. Corey's song is My Mama Loves a Muffin. <laughs> oh, wow. It's uh, so brackets. funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, chocolate chips optional. Mm-hmm. Close brackets. Because we were Mine. just talking about baking as well. So that's funny. It's weird how my mind works. Just- you write what you know. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and I know my mama loves them. She doesn't. I've never seen her eat a muffin. Really? Gosh. Yeah. You've never seen your mum eat a muffin? No. Pay more attention to your mum. Even a blueberry muffin. Yeah, that's I don't so know. Good. I don't know if she's a muffin. I don't know if she goes. Yeah. Definitely. She makes a great trifle. Oh, great. My favourite. Mum's trifle. Fantastic. Okay, we're definitely hungry. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you want me to thank some of these beautiful Please. people? Please. I would like to thank also from um, Location Unknown, probably deep within that fortress, it's Lee Roberts. Uh, Lee Roberts. My house's name is Hand Hand. My house's name is Hand Hand. Hand Hand in brackets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good on you, Lee Roberts. Your house's name is Hand Hand. <laughs> and I you, love that song, Lee. Pat him on the head and say, yeah. great work. Good yeah. job. Great job. Great job. I would also like to thank from London in the greatest of Britain's, Peter. Peter. I love someone who goes by one name. Yeah. Mm. Peter. It's bold. Yeah. I assume it's the organisation. Oh, yeah, because it's spelled P-E-T-A. This is good. And Peter. Peter's song is obviously, is that a camera in my shower head? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> in brackets, the answer is no. No. Thank goodness. <laughs> Peter had a bit of a freak out, dismantled the shower head and found out, oh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> 
Can could a camera? You've made me so paranoid all of a sudden. <laughs> Can a camera see through those tiny little holes? Nah, no, surely, surely not. not. Each of, surely each- the technology's not there yet. Surely each hole is a camera. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's looking at you like a spider would. Yeah. Oh. All those, all those little eyes. Don't like that. No. I would like to thank from Davenport in what's this Iowa? Iowa I reckon in Iowa. Fantastic! Ooh. It's Tyne. Ryak or Tyne Reich. Tyne Reich. That's amazing. Tyne Reich, uh, famous for their song, of course, which was Teeth Taste Funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a song that makes you think, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It does. They do taste a bit funny. Yeah. And, and everyone thought it was like some deep extra meaning, but it was just a song about how they did not like lolly teeth. Yeah. yeah there's a lot yeah, of those yeah. candy lollies that are shaped like teeth. Yeah. But you don't control your art once it's out there in the world. Mm-hmm, it's open right. to the, you know, the consumer, mm-hmm, which yeah. I think of all <laughs> all art is consumed. Mm. We're just products. <laughs> we being art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think of myself as art. I agree. We need to get to the I'm end I'm going to thank some people. <laughs> thank you. I would love to thank from Bol- Bolverde, Bolverde in Texas, Sarah Boucher. Oh, the Bush. Oh, the Sarah. So good to have you involved. Dave, there's a few uh, email addresses. I'm not going to dox anyone that you would love. And Sarah mm-hmm. Bush is yeah. one that I think you would be right into. I did have a section of my stand-up show this year about uh, going through uh, emails if anyone would want to share their old Hotmail or Yahoo accounts. But you've got a great one, Sarah. That's a, that's a beauty. You like Lee Roberts' one as well? Big fan. Oh, yes. That did actually get my attention before. <laughs> Great work, Lee Roberts. And Sarah Boucher, of course, famous for their number four hit. Top four ain't bad. Whoa. Folding paper by day, eating chicken by night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that one. Because mm. it's such a, it's like a metaphor. Mm. So powerful. And it's a it's a roller coaster of a song, a real Rhapsody type song. Absolutely. Yeah. It goes for nine minutes. Mm. Really takes That's you the radio journey. edit. Yeah. <laughs> So, thank you to Sarah. Also, from me, I would love to thank from deep within the Fortress of the Moles. We can only assume location unknown. I did that the other way around, but whatever. I would love to thank (laughs) Kim Arthur. King Arthur? Kim Arthur. Oh, Kim Arthur. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yes, that makes way more sense. Yeah. And Kim Arthur's song was, of course- Put that little ditty down over there. Put that little ditty down (laughs) over there. Country song. Over there meaning- on the in the studio. That's right. Lay that, put, yeah. lay that, lay that track. Down. Lay that track. Yeah, you walk into the studio. They said, "Hi, I'm here to record a hit record. Well, get in there and put, lay that. Put that. Put little, that little ditty, ditty down, down over, over there. there. Pointing to the microphone. That's right. And Kim said, "I've just got yeah. an idea. Give me five minutes <laughs> and wrote an incredible track. Yeah, so. great work, Kim. Beautiful work, Kim. Excellent. You're a king to me. Finally, I'd love to thank from Burnley in Great Britain. Uh, Pilkey, 1998. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful name. I love when it, like, how much easier to get a personalised plate when your name is like that. Yes, you know? right? <laughs> yeah. So, that's nice. On your Pilkey. Pilkey. Pilkey, obviously famous for the song. Um, I want to have a pie tomorrow. Today I'll have a sand. And what's that song called? Didn't I not? Oh, you, was, you were just singing part of the song. What's it called? Oh, it's oh. called Pie Tomorrow. Yep. Sand Today. That's nice. That's Open great. brackets. Your love is my love mm-hmm. and I'm yours. Yes. 
forever yeah. and a day. I love that one. Close bracket. My wedding song. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I'm not married, but. Uh, if anyone out there is good at uh, a bit of artwork, uh, you know, I don't know if you've asked Simon, I'm, yeah. no pressure, but. Um, Feel free. I want to see the back of this album we've just made <laughs> with the track listing. <laughs> no pressure. Available but- now for twenty four ninety five, <laughs> featuring the hits of the summer. Uh, thank you so much to Pilky, Kim, Sarah, Tyne, Peter, Lee, Corey, Owen, and Sam Wise. Uh, the last thing we need to do is invite a few people into the Triptych Club. A few trippies, as I'm, <laughs> I'm known to call them that. And just how does this? Work again? Well, if you support us uh, over at patreon.com on the Sydney Schoenberg level, no, the shout-out level or above, for three consecutive years, we welcome you into the um, the Triptych Club. It's an exclusive club. It's a, I think of it as an airport lounge, mm. but like a really cool one. I think of it as like a, you know, a 1960s club, a lot of velvet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot yeah, of yeah. booths. Yeah, it's really nice. It's got everything you need. We have a bar. We have live music. We have cocktails. We've got meals. Um, the cocktail this this week is called the Shags. Oh yeah. Um, and it's just whatever I can find, and I just shake it up real good. Yes. And so. I've I'm, <laughs> shake it up. I've built a new room uh, to honour this week's episode, and it's wall to ceiling shag pile carpet. It's called the Shag Room. It's called the Shag Room, and I'm shag the Shag palace. Manager. Shag Palace. <laughs> <laughs> you can go but, in there, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. That's up to you. Shag manager. No rules in the shag r- palace. Shag palace. Thank you. Dave. Do you want to go and have a read? Fine. Hey, be, be my guest. Yeah. Mm, but you will need earplugs. <laughs> Dave, you usually book a band. You're never going to believe it. What? I've been in talks with these people for a long, long time. What, Dave? You're kidding. So long that only two members are still surviving. Wow. They will be appearing. We have got live in the club. The Shag. No oh my way. God. This has never happened. We've done the episode and then they've turned that up on the episode. That is the fuck incredible. Out. What? Are you kidding me? How did yeah. you? Dave, this is a cruel prank. Yeah. Are you sure. messing with us? Oh, it is. Oh, okay. No, this is not a prank. Okay, well, oh, wow. That was no. the prank. Oh, yeah, my God. Sorry, prank my, my heart is leaping. <laughs> I'd never even heard this band before, but I, I'd read about people talking about them. So, I you went- You've read about people talking, talking about them. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called a quote. And I, uh, <laughs> I read those quotes and I said, you know what? I'm going to book this band. I'm going to take a punt. And then you told me how good they are. Listen to them. I can't wait to hear my pal's name is Foot Foot Live. Live. We can all yell out the backup vocals. Foot Foot. Foot Foot. 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 (laughs) What is parents? (laughs) Foot Foot. Um, What is parents? I love it. I'm genuinely, I'm I'm in. I'm all the way in. Now, there's only four members this week. Dave, you ready? You're standing up on the stage. You're the MC. You're the hype man. You're going to bring them in, make them feel right at home. Everyone who's already in, hundreds of people are already in the club. They're there chanting your name. Dave is hyping them up. He's hyping you up. Jess is hyping Dave up. Yep. I'm reading your name out. I've got the clipboard. I'm at the door, lifting the velvet rope. When you hear your name, jog in, bring in a bit of energy in, and you'll and Dave will really lift you up. Here we go. Dave, do you need a little a little pre uh, pre hype bit of a bump hat, please? Oh, yeah, come on. Sort of pat. And there you go. Consider me patted. <laughs> First up, from Valensbake Strand in Ooh. Copenhagen in Denmark, it's Philip Galsgaard. Oh. Look, I was feeling a bit defensive tonight, but you're here. Now I've let down my Philip Galsgaard. Yes. Be vulnerable. Yes. 
from St Kilda in Melbourne here. It's Alex Stewart. <gasps> Who knew it? It's Alex Stewart. I believe that could be my sister. It's your sister, yeah. You bloody legend. <laughs> you believe? Yeah, that's. You've been. You're in the Triptych Club. You goddamn legend. <laughs> Welcome in. Um, make yourself at home, obviously. From Ventura in California, yay! It's Christina Gonzalez. Please Ventura on in, Christina. Whoa. And finally, from Mawson Lakes in South Australia, it's Tessa Weber. Oh, I thought this person was from Awesome Lakes. It's Tessa <laughs> Weber. <laughs> Welcome in, Tessa, Christina, Alex, and Philip. You are all legends. And please, Mikasa Sukasa. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Really, there's nothing. Else have to do a pub. Oh no, maybe there's a few things to say, Bob. Just that um, they everybody should uh, wash their butts. Mm. Do it and uh, listen to the shags. I listen to the shags. I did it both. Um, you can, like we said before, you don't have to be a patron to suggest a topic. So if there's a, a story you would like uh, or you think would make for a great topic, chuck it in the hat. Um, we we love to hear about them. You can find us on social media at Do Go On Pod. Do Go On Pod. Dot com is our website where you can find info on live shows and check out previous episodes, all that good stuff. And I reckon boot at home, Davey boy. Hey, we'll be back with another episode next week. But until then, I'll say thank you and goodbye. Later. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com